So quite often I hear someone say, I've been around these uh, parks for a while, and every now and then I'll be in conversation with someone, maybe in a store, maybe in a restaurant, wherever. And often I'll hear some voice to the side saying, Brother Eddie, Pastor Eddie, is that you? And uh, I look at them and I say, yes, that's me. And they say, I know that voice anywhere. And I thought to myself, I guess I'm beyond the point to recognize me by my face. And now it's the voice. But that's okay. Sometimes voices are recognizable, right? There are certain voices we would recognize anywhere. Our spouse or maybe our child or maybe some famous person that we've seen on television or on the movies. There are some voices that are recognizable. One of the voices that is the most, I guess the, I shouldn't say one of, the most important voice that we can listen to, however, oftentimes is not recognizable to us. Oftentimes we have a hard time settling on hearing the voice of God. Sometimes the one we should know the best, we least recognize and in fact wonder if he even talks to people anymore. Maybe you've heard somebody say, well, I heard God say, or God said to me, or God spoke to me. Have you ever wondered, could that really be true? Is this person really with it, or is this person just maybe hearing voices or seeing dreams or whatever? Does God still speak? And have you ever wondered what it was like for God to speak or thought, why? I would, I would love for God to speak to me. I would love to hear God. Does God still speak? That's really the source, that's really the subject matter that we want to be addressing for the next few uh, weeks. We want to talk about this subject. We believe God still speaks today if we know where to listen. That, that may be the key, if we know where to listen. Does God still speak today? We believe, yes, He does indeed speak today. This series, we're... Gonna, we're going to be talking about how we hear God, how we can be certain that God is speaking, how we can know what God is saying, how we can be sure that when we hear the voice of God, we can say, God, is that you? And know that it really is. We're going to do that by, by starting with several things. And I want to begin, first of all, by saying this. I think it's pretty important. You have, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ today, I want to suggest to you, you have already heard God's voice. You say, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, yeah, you have. Because when you became a Christian, when you decided to follow Christ, it was the voice of God that spoke to your heart. It was the Spirit of God that spoke to your heart. God did speak to you. You came to faith in Christ, following what he spoke to you. Now, it may have been through a pastor, it may have been through a parent, it may have been through a Bible reading, but I'm certain God's voice spoke to you. The problem is, it's not meant to be, nor intended to be, a one-time experience. It's not intended for the follower of Christ to listen to God and hear God's call to salvation and then never hear from Him again. As a matter of fact, all through our lives, God does speak into our hearts. So for this series, we're going to be studying and learning from a man that's somewhat familiar to some of you, very familiar to others of you, and maybe brand new to some out there. His name is Jonah. 
There's a book about him in the Old Testament scriptures. There's a, there's a story that unfolds that I think is going to help us as we begin to unpack it a little bit to see how God speaks. Now, interestingly, this man Jonah, you're thinking, wait a minute, is that the guy who got swallowed by the fish? Well, it is, but that's really not the main focus we're going to be looking at. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on, but that's not our focus this time. This time, we're going to focus on Jonah's ability, inability, I think ability to hear God. More of the struggle with Jonah is, do I obey God? Several times, God spoke to Jonah. God spoke to Jonah straightly through, straight through his word. God spoke to Jonah through people that were around him. God spoke to Jonah through circumstances in his life. And all of those things we'll be examining in the next few weeks. And so I encourage you to stay with us. I encourage you to be back next week as we continue. But today, let's introduce the book. Let's introduce the story. And I want to show you today that Jonah heard God speak. How did he recognize it? What did he know? And what did he do with it? How does God speak today? I think it's still very relevant. The book of Jonah is all about this man and a mission that God had for him. I want to begin reading in verse number one of chapter one, and I want to read to you uh, just three verses. It'll, it'll introduce you. There's a lot in these three verses, and, and I'm going to be tempted to get into the story, but I, I won't do that this morning. I want to stay on track and follow this pattern we're talking about. Verse one, chapter one begins this way. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up, come up before me. So he says, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa, <clears throat> found a ship going to Tarshish and paid a fare went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Now, there's so much there. Let me just introduce a few thoughts, and then we'll try to draw something for our day from this story. First of all, the book of Jonah begins in exciting fashion. It begins with the, the simple words, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the word of the Lord. By the way, it's interesting because no other of the books of the scripture begin with this particular phrase. And yet this phrase is going to occur some seven times in this little book that we're going to read. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. It's important because what we find here is that immediately God is speaking to Jonah. Does he hear? Will he hear? Will he respond? Very important as we walk our way through it. None of the other prophets start this way. Many times we see from the prophets that they spoke the word of the Lord, but now the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. That's very important to us because we see that it comes with a strong imperative and a strong call to Jonah's life. In verse 2, begin to follow the verbs. It's an interesting study. Maybe you can look it up later and you can follow through a little bit later. I won't chase it down, but I do want to unpack a couple of thoughts. Notice the verbs that just walk through the verse. Two imperatives begin. First of all, he says, get up. Maybe your version says, arise. And then he emphasizes and says, go. Get up and go. 
Most commentators, most biblical scholars believe that those two come together to form an emphasis, to form a go at once is the idea. The idea of don't wait around, don't piddle around. It gives the command. It's a firm and definite call from the Lord. And by the way, I want you to notice that the word of the Lord is speaking to this Jonah. Go, arise, and preach. He even tells him where to go to preach. He tells him to go and preach in Nineveh. Now, what we learn in the story is Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, and he didn't want to go to Nineveh because Nineveh, the Ninevites were enemies. They, they hated uh, Jonah's people and vice versa. They were a wicked people, but that didn't matter. God said, go and preach to Nineveh. Instead, what did he do? He fled. And he went to Tarshish. We don't know exactly where all these places are, but we know this. We know where Nineveh is, and we know that Tarshish is as far away as he could go. Jonah is on the run. And then another very important verb I think we find in there is that he found a ship going to Tarshish. He, he went down into to Joppa. He found the ship, and then he paid the fare, and it says he ran or went with them from the Lord's presence. I think that's important. I think you'll see why as I develop this thought. Hearing God, listening to God, Having God speak to us involves being in His present, being near, being in a relationship with Him. I'll talk a little bit more about that, but I want you to see the call. God says to Jonah, it's time for you to get up and go. Now, why is that, per why is that important? For one reason, I think it's important for this. <clears throat> there are many people who think, well, God would never speak to us because God's not involved in our lives. Right? Have you heard that? Maybe you've said that. God would never speak to me. I'm just little Eddie down here in a little town and, and of insignificance. Why would God speak to me? I can see where he would speak to the king or to the president or, 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 or to somebody important. But God's just me. He doesn't care about me. I, I think actually Bette Midler's song got it wrong when she said that God is looking from a distance. The scripture teaches us that God is very much present and active in our lives. And that even as he called Jonah and spoke to Jonah, he speaks to us. As a matter of fact, we ought to see the importance of this call. <clears throat> Jay Lindbergh asked these three questions, or, or say these verses make three simple statements about God that we need to be aware of. First, God calls people to his service. God speaks to us to call us, to call us to himself. Salvation, we talked about that earlier, to call us to service. I, I know it sounds kind of preachy, and, and I know it sounds kind of weird, but I really believe when I was 15, I heard the voice of God calling me to do what I'm doing here today. Second, he says God cares enough about sinners to send a word of hope into the world. Isn't that good to know? That God does care, and God cares about you. And even if you're sitting there this morning thinking, why would God speak to me? I am the worst sinner in the world. I'm the worst person person. Why would God speak to me? Because God loves sinners. And he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for sinners. God still speaks today. And finally, he suggests that it's implied here and told later in the story that no one can run from God. You can't hide. Our great, 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 great granddaddy Adam found that in the garden a long time ago. Do you remember? He tried to hide from God. When he and Eve committed sin, he thought he would run. He thought he would hide 
But the truth of the matter, you couldn't hide. Jonah, when he heard this call from God and didn't want to respond, didn't want to do what God was telling him to do, what did he do? He tried to hide. He tried to run. But if you read this story that later this week, you'll find he couldn't run from God. So God still speaks today. And where we're going today in this thought is that God speaks today through his word. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God speaks through his word, through our scriptures. What a thought. Now, this is important. We begin this particular way. I do believe it's there. God speaks in other ways. We'll talk about that. But this is the primary way. This is the first way. This is how God speaks to us. And this is the way that God speaks that we can measure everything else by. Everything else we might hear, whether it's from people or circumstances or for a vision or a dream or whatever we might be thinking is that you, God, everything is verified and affirmed. Everything rests on this foundation, his word. Scripture is the primary way that we hear from God. So let's talk about scripture just a moment. You say, is that reliable, Pastor Eddie? Maybe you're out there and you're trying to figure out this whole scriptures thing. <laughs> well, well, the scriptures, when we talk about scriptures, we're referring to the Bible. We're, we're referring to a book that is a collection of writings written over a period of time by several different authors and yet all coming together um, intricately bound and kept into one purpose. And by the way, divinely preserved for thousands and thousands of years. Wow. What a book. Some of you may be trying to decide. Maybe this is just an ancient manuscript. Maybe this is something unimportant. Some of you have already wrestled with that, and some of you have already decided, no, no, I realize this is something more. I'll tell you, I've found in my years of following Christ and reading this book, these scriptures, they're very real and very relevant. And while Jonah existed years ago, his life story is so relevant to me. And that just as the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the word of the Lord came to Eddie. And I can learn and I can see those things. So what do we know about the scriptures? Well, fortunately, the scriptures speak about themselves. The first thing we learn is that the scriptures are inspired. Inspired. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, one of Paul's letters in the New Covenant side of the Scriptures, here's what we read. He said, all Scripture is inspired, there's our word, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. All Scripture is inspired. Maybe your version would say God breathed. All Scripture is inspired by the Spirit of God, by, the, by, by God as His breath. And what is this Scripture inspired for? For our profit. You might see in the next verse, you could follow along, and you could see that all of this occurs for our maturity. I heard somebody say this one time, and you know, uh, catchy phrases help us to remember things, don't we? And so these catchy phrases help me to remember the, how this book is inspired and, and what, the, what the Word has to say to me uh, when he says uh, that all Scripture is inspired by God is profitable for teaching. Someone said one time, teaching, that is what's right. 
for what? Rebuking, that's what's not right. For correction, that's how to get right. And for instruction in righteousness, that's how to stay right. So this word, these scriptures are important because they teach us what's right. And what's right meaning what God has to say, what God is telling us, what's right, what's not right. Scriptures teach us that, how to get right and how to stay right. So first of all, the scriptures are inspired, divinely breathed by God, preserved by God, written by God, the very voice of God. I'm convinced, my friend, that when I read the Word, when I read the Scriptures, I am hearing the Word of God. I am hearing the voice of God as it speaks to me. Very, very important. You see, sometimes we want to, we want to <clears throat> overdo this idea of hearing God. We think we're listening for an audible voice. Personally, I've never heard an audible voice or, or maybe like Daniel, we're wanting some handwriting on a wall somewhere, or we're wanting some, some out-of-body experience, when really listening to God is as simple as getting into the inspired, God-breathed Scriptures and understanding that we read the Scriptures. We are hearing the voice of God. So first of all, they are inspired. Secondly, Scripture is timeless. In the little letter that Peter wrote, you remember Peter? He's the one that walked on the water. He's the one that denied the Lord three times. He's the one that became a leader in the church, and he's the one that wrote an inspirational few books. Well, in 1 Peter, we call it, the first of his letters, Peter wrote these words in chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. <clears throat> he says, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, fall, uh, falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. Peter says, we understand life, and we know how life is frail. We, we know how life is fragile. We know how everything in life has a season. Everything in life, as we understand it, has a beginning and an end, right? Whether it's the flowers of the field, or, or whether it's our favorite pet, or whether it's the grass that withers, everything has a beginning and an end. But he says, concerning the Scriptures, he says, the Word of the Lord endures forever. It's timeless. There, there, there's no thought or idea that, yeah, but you're talking about Jonah, and he was several thousand years ago. It doesn't matter because the Word of God is timeless. You're drawing principles from the days of Jesus in the first century, but, Pastor Eddie, this is 2020. It doesn't matter because the Word of God is timeless. You say, but wait a minute, you don't understand. What about in the future? It doesn't matter because the Word of God is timeless. It endures forever. And this Word is the gospel, the good news that's proclaimed to you. To you, not just to Jonah, not just to Paul, not just to people in ancient times, not just to the person, the president or the queen. No, for you. You see, God wants to speak to you through the Scriptures. They are timeless. But I want to say this as we look into the Scriptures and understand <clears throat> that we must come to the place that we need to understand that interpretation of that Scripture is important. 
And how we read that scripture is critical. Sometimes we want to tend to um, uh, contextualize the scriptures according to or interpret the scriptures according to how we want to contextualize it, right? Sometimes we want to look to scripture to let the scripture affirm what we're already thinking, what we're already wondering, or what our culture, where our culture may be leading us. It's important that we come to understand that first we see the scriptures for what they're saying in the context which the writer wrote the scriptures. That we look at it and to hear what it's saying and to see what it's saying and to understand the context and the reality of that word. Looking at the scripture from my circumstances brings confusion, but looking at scripture from the context brings clarity. That's a pretty good word, isn't it? Well, it wasn't mine. It was uh, Austin's words this week, and it were, were very powerful. Because it does remind us that when we look at scriptures in our own circumstances, it can be confusing. They don't always match up. When we look at scriptures according to what we want to see, sometimes we're disappointed. But when we look at scripture from the context in which it's written, we gain clarity. So the scriptures are timeless. The scriptures are inspired. And then third, and very important, the scripture is effective. It's trustworthy, reliable, and effective. Paul wrote these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 13. He says, this is why we constantly thank God, because when you received the word of God, there it is again, when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it not as a human message, but as it truly is the word of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. So Paul understood the word of God to be effective. And by the way, makes it very clear that the scriptures are more than just a collection of human thoughts and ideas. More than just wise men who are sharing information. More than just religious people who are writing a book. No, it is the Word of God spoken for us. Good news spoken to reveal God to us. So how do we hear God? We hear Him in the Scriptures. We often say, I've never heard God speak. I've heard people say that often. I, I don't know what it would be like for God to speak. Can I tell you why we struggle sometimes? Really, listening to the voice of God is not that difficult. We make it more difficult than it is. The problem is often we only we uh, it's often when we're worried or, or when we're anxious or when we're overwhelmed that we finally cry out to God and ask Him to speak to us. We look for His voice for guidance when we need something, when we have a decision to make, when there's a direction to decide on. The good news is God is always wanting to hear from us and always ready to speak to us. He's constantly speaking to his people. We just often miss out on hearing him because we don't seek him regularly. We only come to him occasionally. So how can you be sure that God's speaking to you? The answer is we learn by experience over a period of time in building a relationship with him. You see those people who would cry out or, or holler out to me, Pastor Eddie, is that you? See, they knew me to some level and they recognized my voice. When Beth calls out to me, Eddie, I 
I immediately recognize her voice because I know her. I have a relationship with her. I'm convinced that we often miss hearing the voice of God, don't recognize the voice of God, or ignore the voice of God because we don't know him. We haven't built a relationship with him. Dallas Willard said something I thought was worth sharing to you. He said, learning to hear God is much more about becoming comfortable in a continuing conversation and learning to constantly lean on the goodness and love of God than it is about turning, to God, in, uh, in, turning God into an ATM for advice or treating the Bible as a crystal ball. That is so true. I love that phrase. Turning God into an ATM for advice or the Bible into a crystal ball. When we try to do that, we're sure to be confused. When you're in deep need and you need, to, you need an ATM God, you may be disappointed. If you look at your scriptures as a crystal ball only, you may be confused. The truth of the matter is we need to build a personal, growing, and intimate relationship with God so that we know His voice, we hear His voice, we know what He's saying, we know why he's saying it. We know the context in which he's saying it. And then we can properly decide. I've also heard the opposite. I've heard some people say, well, I haven't heard the word of God. I don't know anything about it. And then I've also had people say to me, well, Pastor Eddie, this is what God said to me. And they begin to tell me what God said. I immediately know that God didn't say that. <laughs> you say, well, how do you know that? They said God. No, no, no. Listen. When what God says to you runs contrary to the Scriptures, I can assure you it is not the voice of God speaking to your heart. You see, sometimes we can mistake visions or dreams or circumstances or people or thoughts or ideas or ambitions for the voice of God. Now, God may use all of those things. But they will never contradict. They will never run against the revealed word that he's given to us. So be careful when you use that phrase. Well, God said this or God said that. In fact, here's what I want to leave you today as a takeaway. Before you say God said, make sure you know what God said. You better be certain about that. Listen. I wrestle with that all the time in my own life and in my own heart. But I found this, that the more I get to know him and the longer I'm on this journey with him and the more intimate our relationship becomes, the more comfortable I am recognizing his voice. And he ceases to be the ATM God that has spits out all the guidance and direction I need. And his word ceases to be a crystal ball and it becomes the loving voice of a loving father. God wants to speak to you. And can I just say this before I close? I know one thing that God is saying to you right now. I know that one thing that God wants to speak to your heart right now. And it's this. I know that God wants to say, come to me, you who are weary, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I know right now that God's voice will speak to you and draw you to the place of salvation. I know that God wants to speak into your heart right now and say, I love you. And this is how much I love you. And if you'll look at his word, if you'll look to see where he spoke, 
you'll find that he sent his son, his one and only son, to die for you. Why? So that you can experience forgiveness. I know that God wants to speak forgiveness into your heart. I know that he wants to speak pardon. I know he wants to pardon your sins, pardon your evil, pardon your evil ways, pardon the the things that are bothering you and stinging you with guilt and weighing you down with shackles. He wants to turn all that loose. He wants to reconcile with you. Jesus came to give you life, abundant life, new life, eternal life. And I think if you'll listen today, if you'll listen right now, I'm going to pray that God will speak to you through His Word. And you'll hear. And you'll respond. Not like Jonah who ran. I pray that you will respond, yes, Lord. I'm ready for you to come into my heart and into my life. And if you do that, man, we'd like to hear about it. We'd just like to know about it. One thing, it would encourage us. Secondly, we could encourage you. Third, we could pray for you. Even if we don't know your name, we'd love to enter into a conversation with you. There's a place that you can just hit a button and click on a button and somebody's there to talk to you and you can share with them and they can share with you. We'd love to do that. If you're not ready for that, though, maybe you could just click on that button to raise your hand and say, yes, I invited Jesus into my heart. I responded to the word of God as it spoke to me today. We'd love to just know that. And then, you know what? We can pray for you even if we don't know your name because God does. Because he spoke to you. God, is that you? If he's tugging at your heartstrings today to give your life to him, I'm telling you, that's him. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Thank you for allowing us these moments today. Thank you for speaking to our hearts through your powerful word. God, we do know that you speak to us today, and we stand ready to listen. I pray for those who are listening, watching. I pray, God, that you would speak to their hearts. Some are searching for answers. Some are wrestling with issues. Some are burdened with cares and worries. Some are trying to figure out whether or not you really care. So God, would you speak to hearts right now? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.